Hi, welcome to the Happiness Injection with me, Jeanette. And this is a special recording from the Happiness Festival 2019. These are two people. One person who actually, uh, our charity Spreading the Happiness, provides food for his school, Gary. And the other person is a lady who sat in the Happiness Festival 2018 and she was the Corporate Social Responsibility Officer for DHL. Have a listen to what happened and what happens in Gary's school that makes what we do so, so vitally important. The hashtag for this is Holiday Hunger. Have a listen. And if you're moved to do something, let me know because we need fundraising. That's what we need. That is going to make 2019, 2020 the year we really, really make an impact on holiday hunger in the UK. If behind the happiness festival, as much as I want to make you happier, I also have a really serious cause behind it. And this has been my passion. So I'd like to call, I want to tell you a story about what happened in the, not this room, but in our Manchester Happiness Festival last year. So, and I want you to hear from a school that benefits from what we do at Spreading the Happiness. So can I welcome to the stage Tanya from DHL and Gary Wright, the head teacher of Usworth Colliery. Um, Tanya, come, let's come closer. Tanya came to the Happiness Festival last year, right? Yes. And you sat in the audience like everybody here today. Who's here at the Happiness Festival for the first time? Oh. Well done. Now this is the potential you have sat there because Tanya was exactly like you, sat in the audience, and what happened? Well, I um, somehow heard some, I, don't, I can't remember who actually said it, but um, I'd written in my notebook about Spread the Happiness Charity, check it out, and then all of a sudden, the ripple effect happened, and we ended up supporting lots of children across the UK over the last three half-term breaks. Now, because she's a superhero, she's understated right there, okay? <laughs> because what she has actually done, our charity started, it deals with holiday hunger in the UK. Does everybody know about holiday hunger? Just been, just been publicised this week that in universal credit, they will only give you universal credit for two children, but they don't realise that people on universal credit don't understand about contraception. Just saying. <laughs> just judging. Um, and as somebody myself who has four children, I know you can't believe that either if you don't know me, um, I work in social deprivation and I started work at Gary's school. So Gary's school is a number one on the poverty index in the UK. Okay, so that means they're the highest level of poverty that you can get. So I'm going to let him tell you about that before we talk more about what you actually did. <laughs> Hello everybody. Um, I just want to just give you a little bit of context to our school. So as Sinead says, we're, we're really in social deprivation. We've got about 35% in the bottom 10% socially deprived. And then we've got 80% in the bottom 20% and then about 95% in the, um, in, the top th in the bottom 30%. So quite a significant amount of children there. Not only that, we're in Sunderland in the northeast of England and um, David Cameron famously said that social care in Sunderland was the worst in the whole of the country. And it is, it's terrific. 
And because of that, it's not a holiday destination. God love you if anybody who lives in Sunderland. I don't. Um, oh, well done. <laughs> well done. Um, so, yeah, so our school, um, because of that, we've got a number of challenges. We've got a number of challenges as far as safeguarding goes, which we have to deal with. Um, as well as what happens with the, with social care. So we have to put a lot of funding and a lot of hard work and energy into our children in, in school. For instance, um, we've last week, well, no, SATS week, everyone who's had SATS knows how stressful SATS week is. Um, well, obviously for our children it's even more stressful, especially when you don't take your ADHD medication as well. So there was a child who was climbing the tree at the back of um, school during um, Sats week and I was trying to do all of the nice calming things to calm him down and all of a sudden um, lopped over the fence and I thought, I am not running after you, I am not running after you, I'm running after you. So to get out to where he was I had to run out of school, around the back of school, through this area and there was people chasing around after us including his dad who nearly had a heart attack. But as we were going around the back of the school, I went through this area, which I can only describe as, well, a love den. So right next to my school was a big blanket laid out with a fire, which they pinched from the forest school, and half of the equipment from forest school that they pinched there. A lovely canopy over there, and I'm running across thinking, oh my goodness, what is this place? And then I find out later on, it is actually a love den. And 40 of the children from the local area are congregating in this area, including some of my children, some children who've left, who are congregating in this area for sex, alcohol, drugs, and along with children who are, well, older children in the early, um, early teens as well, and also 20-year-olds. Um, and this is happening, but I didn't find out about it until that point. So the amount of things that go with deprivation are not just all about um, all of attainment and all about all of those things that you talk about, it's, it's actually getting into the heart of the community and our children really need that. When you come to our school, if you come to our school, um, if you get to Sunderland, um, our school is, um, you wouldn't think that the children are um, living in the poverty that they're living in and the deprivation that they're living in because they're so resilient and it never amaze, it never ceases to amaze me how resilient our children are in amongst all of this. Um, so that gives a little bit of context. I was in reception the other day as well. I'm just one quick one. I told you when I start, I kind of stop. One quick one. In reception the other day, don't look at us like that. Um, there was... Um, and, and it was a competition. Do you know what I mean? Still is. Um, so, so um, in reception, sitting down, talking with some children, this other little girl says, the fag lady goes to my house, go, my dad goes and sees the fag lady, and I'm thinking, oh my God, where's this going? Um, and she's going, so the fag lady, and I was going, oh, where does dad meet the fag lady? O on the corner of the street? Isn't that funny? I'm going, ah, it's hilarious. So they're all selling the knockoff fags on the street corner around the corner from school as well. Um, we've had a murder this year, a dad murdered this year, so, you know... Can I tell my story no, now? No, no. <laughs> so, when I started teaching um, the four-year-olds at Gary School, one of the things that I noticed was they weren't so keen to do maths and reading and writing like the government would like them to do. And one of the reasons was that they were hungry and they kept saying to me, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Now, who here, we've already answered this question as a parent, wouldn't you be traumatised if your children told the teacher they were hungry? 
and this is genuine hunger. This isn't a craving for chocolate. So I started going to the co-op. <laughs> I'm saying this because the co-op are helping us now. Uh, I started going to the co-op, buying massive loaves of bread, Nutella, because believe you me, in deprivation, it's not about healthy eating. I'm sorry, I know you shouldn't say that. But here, get as many calories on your bread as you can. So, and we didn't even have nut allergies then. So, we give them a... <laughs> I used to just feed them all the time. And what I found by feeding them, and literally I fed them with their school dinner and an afternoon snack, okay, that they started to perform academically better because of the food. And to me, to live in the UK and to not have food in your home must just be absolutely just horrendous. Now, he said it, they buy fags, they buy booze, because when I started this charity, I had a lot of lemon suckers say, but I bet the parents have got fags, I bet they've got booze, I bet they've got drugs. Yes, they have. But this isn't about the parents, this is about the children. So when I told this story, Tanya then went back to DHL, and she said to DHL, I want to get involved in this charity and I want us, I want DHL to get involved. And now, in May half term, 750 families UK-wide, UK-wide, we were only doing this in the northeast. Tanya has made this a UK-wide charity now, got fed in the May half term. Can we have a round of applause for that? To the point that the head of DH, Mr. DHL, said to Tanya, I love this, we did it as a pilot project at first, now let's roll this out. And we, we just, I just can't thank you from my heart because I want you to sit there and think about this. As an individual, we think we can't change the world. She's changed 750 families' lives by food. And Gary will tell you when the hampers arrive at school. Can you say Yeah, so it originally it started off, didn't it, where we were going and filling the minibus, our school minibus, full of hampers, while Shanette had a team of packers in the shop as well. So then we would come and I would come on a Sunday and we'd fill up the, um, the van and then we'd come and take them and then deliver them out at school. And now it comes to that we actually get the children to help us. So we get a delivery from the shop and the children have got on year six have got big bags and they come and fill them up with everything that they need to fill in. And we have a queue really of people who are coming to get them. Um, we send out, when we first started it, we sorted it out as a raffle, didn't we? Because we didn't want them to feel that there were being asset, like for, for their, um, well, for their stigma as well, to say that they didn't, they just wanted to go and get it. We used to say, oh, well, we've done a raffle. And I just went, we'll have that family, that family, that family, that family, that family. Um, but now it's become that nearly the whole school are fed every single time, which is brilliant. Um, and there's always queues to go in and they're always saying how fantastic it is. I mean, one story happens when there was a small, there was a child, um, a, a, a child who's in our nursery and we don't have a nursery. We've got a separate was nursery in our, um, in our school, but the child was going to be coming to start in September and the parents came and said, oh, what's going on here? What's, what are you doing? And when I explained, they was going, oh, that's amazing. You know, I could do with something like that. So we invited the parents in to come and get those as well. So 
it's opening it up to, to more people and it, it's, it's a dire need, in all fairness. And the thing that, that Paul McGee said about being mad, people have always said to me, because I'm too happy, that I'm mad. But actually, these are the people that are making a difference. And all of you have made a difference by attending this conference because all of the funds that we raise will feed families this summer in the UK. So give yourselves a massive round of applause. And, and for me, I think DHL have had a, an experience that you, you read about kindness, you see it on YouTube, but to actually experience that in your staff, it is just an unreal feeling, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. The, the support that I've received through um, what we've done since I attended the last festival has just been really overwhelming and it wouldn't have been possible without everybody involved. It's been amazing. And the way that Tanya's done it, even Jaguar Land Rover at Christmas said, Jeanette, will you come? We've seen what DHL are doing, we want to help you. Cadbury's as well, and the co-op have just come on board We've as well. We've made a Land Rover, that would be nice. Yes. We'll have a Land Rover. <laughs> no, it's not about you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Get over yourself. <laughs> I haven't got what? a big enough wand. <laughs> we don't want to know about your wand. Stop it. So, what we would like you to do now is, we're going to give you a little emotional button at this point, and it's a little jam jar. And the team are going to bring them for you. And we, in this jam jar, we want you to save 20 pences, okay? Just little 20 pences. When your jam jar's full, that will be five pounds. And we would love you to donate that to spreading the happiness. So if you saved it three times, that would buy a family a week's worth of food because 15 pounds provides a week's worth of food. But if you want to donate it to the dogs, like, <laughs> like in school, we, we tried to do that and they were like, no, we want to donate it to the dogs. And I was like, what about hungry children? And they were like, no, dogs, right? Don't give children a choice. So can I just say from the bottom of my heart, that I just hope that we go from strength to strength with this. And can we just have another round of applause for these real life superheroes? If you've liked listening to this, why not buy a ticket? Pop along to www.spreadthehappiness.co.uk and find out when our next annual happiness festivals are. And also, why don't you drop a review? Why don't you subscribe? And why don't you rate us? That would make me extra happy. Thanks for listening. See you on the next one.